The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our DC. Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen. This is the day when I forget to turn my microphone on. It really helps when you're in the podcasting business to turn those mics on. So remember, kids, when you're producing your own podcast, make sure the microphones are on. This has been a helpful tip from Dave at Boston Podcast Network. Pod617.com is where we produce this, our Westwood Studios. And if you want your own podcast, check it out, pod617.com. I have got, uh, well, I hope you're ready to roll the dice, kids, today, as they say, because I've got a gambling expert in the house. Mr. Stephen Skelly is here. That's right. How you feel? Are you feeling lucky? Do you feel lucky today, Steve? I feel very lucky. Always lucky. And to be clear, don't actually roll the dice, um, but... Watch your sports, ladies and gentlemen. Watch your NFL. Watch those odds. Watch those numbers. And if you want to know how to make maybe a little extra scratch, if you're betting sports, I've got the guy. You are the guy, right? I am the guy. <laughs> I am the guy. And ironically, uh, tonight is the well, the uh, kickoff of uh, exhibition football. That's right. And um, for guys like me, um, this is uh, it's Christmas. This is <laughs> <laughs> this is Christmas. This is uh, this is a good time. So uh, yeah, I've been. Uh, I've been in and around the gambling business since the late 80s, uh, early 90s. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's funny. When I first went to Las Vegas, I was, uh, I was leaving. The, I'm from New York, as you can probably tell by the, uh, by the accent. And I was going out to... Picked up uh, a thing or two, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, you know, heading out to Vegas. And uh, a lot of my friends and family and... Uh, you know, we're, we're saying, what, what are you going to be doing out there? And I said, well, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go take a stab at professional uh, gambling, you mm. know, sports betting. And uh, it, it, it was really, really nice, a good feeling inside, a warm feeling inside for me that probably 15 to 20 people said, listen, Stephen, when you come back, we will have a place for you to stay in our house. <laughs> I think so. They had a certain vision of the way this was going to work out, right? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, I'm happy to say, after you know, 30 plus years, that uh, I think it served as a you know motivation for sure. sure. Yeah. And yeah, you want to show for them all me, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Bet me, on yourself. Yeah. Literally betting on yourself. Betting on myself. <laughs> yeah. Betting on myself. Uh, let me take one break just for a sec here, Steve. Up the top, I just want to mention our sponsor, the U.S. Post. Postal Service, second largest employer in the United States, offering pay trading and ways to move up. Apply today, usps.com slash careers. U.S. Postal Service, deliver for the nation. And uh, I, I think I didn't say, this is uh, expert podcaster. I think I forgot to say what, to say what the title of the show is. It's the Boston Podcast. So welcome, kids. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. Um, now, talking with Stephen, uh, when, he, when he dialed me up and said, and no, kind of noticed that I was doing the podcasting thing, I said, yes, got to get you on the show. Everyone has a gambling story. Most of them are horror stories. Everybody thinks they have a gambling tip. Everybody thinks they can beat the lines, and it feels like you never can. So I can't wait to hear from you uh, some tips and stories up and down. So let's return to our story here. So when you say you went to Vegas to become a professional gambler, what, what does that actually mean? Does that mean just going and just gambling, and that's how I'm going to make my money? Or is it more in the advice giving? Is it more in, um, in and around the business in other ways? Good question. Yeah. Good question. So, when I when I went to Las Vegas, um, when I first went to Las Vegas, I, I think I had a now I had a background in in the finance business, mm-hmm. uh, a, a previous background in uh, in the markets. You okay. know, uh, you know, as a stockbroker. Mm-hmm. So um, the interesting thing about um, the stock market, and what I'm about to start to try to educate some people and explain. Is that the stock market is a moving market? Yeah, the sports betting market. It, what I watch and what I follow, my Bible, my guide. Yeah, is also a moving market. Okay, the lines come out at a certain on a certain day. Uh, in football, lines come out every 
uh, week on Sunday night for the next week's games. Right. So they don't come out until after then because there. I take it because there's so much that happens that day, injuries and such. Teams looking great, teams looking shitty. <laughs> that exactly. it can change the line for the next game. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. And those are all. That's th- those are the type of things that I follow. You know. In, particularly in football, for the entire week from the time the Lions come out until the game gets played. Mm. You know, the Lions are going to change, you know, depending on, like, what you said, weather, injuries, um, Mm -hmm. all kinds of factors like that. So um, I was kind of lucky because when I first started gambling, I was, like I said, I was an active stockbroker. had a friend, met a friend. He was a... You know, a local bookmaker in New York, and you know, I'd place my hundred and two hundred dollar bets and uh, fifty dollar bets, and you know, would contribute to his you know family wealth every week. And uh, you know, <laughs> right. and um, then um, it it so happened that he said to me, um, you know, why don't you come out to Las Vegas with me um, during March Madness? You yeah. know, during the month of March when college basketball, you know, the March Madness tournament. So, I've um, been out there during March Madness. It, I, went, I went with a buddy once, and it's, it's yeah, it's like Shangri-La for the better because not only do you have uh, seemingly countless games to bet on, but you can watch them all simultaneously in the, in the sports book, right? Exactly, and every sports book is jam-packed from yeah. every seat is taken, every basket is yelling and screaming from one side of the room to the other it's you could be sitting next to a guy who you know is rooting for the it's just so yeah. much energy and so much fun yeah not um, a lot of women there that weekend that's the only <laughs> rub it's the only, it's the only downside exactly. yeah it's a bunch of dudes exactly okay. so when i first went to vegas my first initial time i went with someone who who for the most part knew what he was doing and mm-hmm. he was he was trying to explain to me he says steve you know we're going out here, you know, you're just going to try and get a feel for what we're doing. So I was pretty much the driver of okay. the car. So it was, I would call this a little crew, you know, yep. three or four guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since I didn't know the ins and outs of the business, um, I would be the guy who would drive the car, get them from the south end of the, you know, strip maybe to the north end, from the Tropicana downtown, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Now, back then, in the 80s, hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was a hell of a lot easier to get around Las Vegas than oh, it yeah, is now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember between the Tropicana and Flamingo Road, where, um, where you know, from that big strip, you would drive down the strip, and in between, you know, it, all sand lots, and you know, there yeah, weren't that many casinos. There was the Aladdin. There was, but there wasn't much. You drive, you make that drive now from Tropicana. Tropicana Avenue to Flamingo, yep. you can't see a space between a building. Right. You can't see daylight between a building. It is all filled up with brick and mortar. Everything. You know? city, city built in a desert and for years was really, uh, I'm not a Vegas historian, but there were a certain, you know, there was the Sands, the the Tropicana, the where was Elvis? Was Elvis at the Trop and the Sands or one of the? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, th- this is um, I want to say Mo Green built the city, but that's the fictional version of exactly. uh, you know uh, Bugsy uh, Malone, right? He was involved, but um, and there was old, there was what's now called Old Vegas, right? Fremont Street. You can still you still go down there, but it's more like a trip into the past. It's it's that they're a little more run down and kind of honky tonk, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Not now, not so not much now, now but they not, yeah. they were, yeah. you know. So yeah. when we, when we, you know, so I I used to drive the car, and these guys literally would jump at, you know, back then we we're talking about the late eighties, you know. So there was no cell phones, there was no social mm. media, there was nothing, you know. I remember, so um, I remember the first cell phone I got. It was it was it was it was, it was huge. It was huge, like a brick. It, it was like, like a, a brick, of a brick. A, yeah, a, right. a brick. Yeah. And I guess that was you know around the early nineties, but. I would drive the car, and you know, for the most part, I didn't really know exactly what was going on. But these guys would jump out of a car, go in a sports book. We would know every in and out of how to get to a sports book quickly from the car, you mm. know. And then we'd always schmooze and 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 be able to like 
talk to the valet guys. Listen, I'm going to be here for five minutes. You know, where do you want me to park? <laughs> right. You know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to valet. We're just going to make a sports bet, and I would be the schmoozer to to accomplish that. So Man. you must you must know a lot of concierges and a lot of <laughs> exactly. a lot of valet like exactly. captains. And, exactly. Yeah. So um, and these guys, this is this is their little enterprise, and you're sort of working. for This them. was their little enterprise, yeah. and I was breaking into their little enterprise, and I was the driver. And what they would be doing is they would be going, and they would be explaining as we were going. But what they were basically doing is they were looking at lines on games and trying to see differences in different hotels and explain to me that, Stephen, um, it really, you know, say we'd go into the Desert Inn or something, and the whole, the whole theory here, the whole basis of the foundation for the thinking was these hotels basically were clueless because they're moving lines based on what the average joe is betting right okay so let's just take for example a, a, a let's just take a random basketball game in march madness st john's is playing uh you know uh wichita state okay. so we're zeroing in on this game and what they're saying is like in this game in one hotel is you know a certain number in another hotel it's another number but the bottom line is what is it in new york because, mm. because the foundation of our thinking was whatever New York was doing was the sharp move. Right. Okay. So if New York had the number at one, and a half an hour later, the same game, they moved it to two, then you could be damn sure that that game was going to go up. So right. we would try and find variances. So how do you, and at the time you're what you're on the phone to New York to No, no, this is all at this time, you know, it's nothing like that. Oh, yes, yes. In other words, yeah, you the want, answer to that question, that's yeah. that's a payphone. You know, that's right. 800. Okay. That's these guys running to a you know, a bank of payphones outside a hotel or in a hotel calling and saying, you know, here's my account and blah 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 and you know, what's this game, what's that game? But this was this whole concept of yeah. what we were doing this was grinded out hard work from eight o'clock in the morning till the last game got played at night there there was nothing fancy and glamorous about what business, we yeah. did this was a business so in other this words is, like you'd find out in new york and st john's wichita state the line is even and but the vegas uh odds in some of these casinos have St. John's by six, and you realize they're underestimating Wichita State. You run up and bet Wichita State, right? right? Okay, right. A little bit, a little bit. You know, that's a little bit too big of a variance. But you know, like my example of like saying usually it's just a point or two. Yeah, it's a point. But but if if the line was one in New York, and at a certain point in time, you check that line again. You know what? You would always have to call New York to see what the hell was going on. So, mm -hmm. you know, you would call, you know, say you'd call at uh, noon, you know, at eight, nine o'clock in the morning. Then, then you'd call at nine forty-five or nine thirty. So, you'd be looking for games that are moving in New York, mm -hmm. and then you would know what the hell you were going to do based on that, and then you would find the differences in Vegas. So, if a game was like, like a good example is a game was one and it went to two in New York. And then we'd find places in Vegas that had the game won. We'd be laying one for as much money as we could possibly, as we could possibly. Do. Really? So as yeah. soon as you see that little crack. So as, as that, soon as we see that little crack, yeah, that the, little indication, mm -hmm. that little sunlight. Yeah. Yep. Say, pound the shit out of St. John's. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. It, and it didn't matter if we had five thousand on us. Or, you know. That, also back then, it would be a cash flow issue. So right. sometimes we'd have, uh, for example, during, the, during March Madness, you might bet a couple of games that, you know, haven't finished, you know, and now you're working on games in the afternoon, but you got to cash tickets from earlier in the day. You know, right. this is, this right. is all the early days. This <laughs> right. was, you know, this was, this was all cash when it was out, you know. Now it's different. Now you're doing things online. You don't even need money to bet now. You so know, what's just, the most amount of cash you've, you've ever had on you? I was a absolute expert of wrapping $5,000, $5,500 packets of money in my pocket. <laughs> I, I, I would, you know, you would look at my pockets and say, you know, do you have any, you wouldn't realize I had any money on it. And I say, I have 65000 on me right Come now. Come on, really? No, no, I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. I would run around the street 
with money like and and I would want it in packets like that because every bet is, you know, I would try and bet the maximum amount of money, but um, uh, that the hotel gave me on a bet. Allowed, yeah. But I would have I would have. $2,200 packets, $5,500 packets, $1,100, because every bet you're paying 10%. That, as we know, that's the juice. That's yeah. the vig that the hotel makes. Mm-hmm. So right. uh, you want to win 1000 you bet 1100 You want to win 2000 you bet 2200 So mm-hmm. I, w- I, went out, I only went out to Vegas when I, when I moved out there initially with, uh, with 25000 in my pocket. Wow. That's how much I went out there with in, 19, in 1990 when you know all of my associates and friends said, yeah, we have a room for you when you, when you blow through that, you know. Well, <laughs> and that didn't happen, which is great. So, if you've if you've got sixty five thousand dollars on your person, and you now, have to go to the bathroom in Caesar's Palace, <laughs> and there are a couple of creepy guys following you in, I mean, don't you get nervous? You do. You're yeah. always looking. You're really? always looking. Okay. I mean, I, I, you know, I, have, I have some. Uh, Part of my stories, if you listen to you know my podcast, the, uh, the Tell Me I'm Wrong podcast. Let's plug it. Yeah, Tell Me yeah. I'm Wrong. Uh, find it on Apple Podcasts on the app. Just punch in Tell Me I'm Wrong, and, and it comes up. And it's, uh, I've listened to excellent stuff. And you talk about some sort of stuff going on, whatever it is, that week. But then you also give nice little gambling tips and things uh, people can pick up. Right, yeah. right. And I, I have a lot of stories on there. I have some, you know... <laughs> some disaster stories about, you know, how I would give people money to bet and, you know, then I never see them again. They disappear? Or, yeah, really? they disappear. Yep, yep. I've had, um, I'm not happy, I'm not proud to say this, but I've easily, easily in the high hundreds of thousands of dollars robbed for me. Over really? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. like, what's... Do you ever get justice there? It's not. I, I take it, it it's, it's, it's not the kind of thing the Vegas cops are gonna like. Yeah. I imagine, right? You know, if it's just if it's just uh, money <laughs> this stuff. Is a, this is a uh, this is a business where you you know you're on it. Your word is your honor, right. and you know there's no there's no recourse. There's no there's no filing of documents and right. paper trails. And, right. You know that that was the risk of the business. Wow. I mean that was that was the risk of the business. Um, We've all, uh, you know, a lot of my friends and, you know, and it's not only that we've, we, I've had money up with, um, certain sports enterprises over the years that, um, you know, I, I, I have a particular example, which is, which is, you know, noteworthy, the, the, pa- the Patriots, since we're in Boston, let's talk about the Patriots, sure. the Patriots first Super Bowl victory over the um, Rams, over the Rams, mm-hmm. and the line was like fourteen points or whatever, something 30, like that. Thirteen yep. and a half, fourteen yep. points. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was, um, I was actually in California at the time. My, my wife Kim, uh, she was living. Uh, this is when we were dating, and she was living in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And um, from Vegas, I would go out there on the weekends and um, and stay there. So uh, I'll never forget this. It was the Super Bowl I had. I had some money. Now, most of the places nowadays, I don't, I don't have any money up because um, with the private places that I bet offshore and, and I don't need any money up. But back mm-hmm. in those days, sometimes you had to put up money in, in, in an establishment to make bets. And then you would right. bet. You, you just like putting money in a bank. Right. You put money into their account. You get an account. You yeah. trust them. Yeah. You know, you, you know. And I'll never forget that um, this was one of the worst calls in my life um, it was the morning after the Super Bowl that the Patriots won, and I was calling. To, uh, what you would do is you would always call these establishments every morning to check your balance, mm. to make sure your balance was right. Mm-hmm. If your balance was wrong, you'd have to go over the work. No, that wasn't my balance. I made this bet, that bet. They'd have it on tape. It was all very professional. Yep. And uh, I made a call to this uh, particular establishment. It was called Sports Market. And... Um, Usually they'd answer it within one or two rings, and they'd ask for your account number, and you'd check a balance. Right. And when I called, the phone rang, mm-hmm. and the phone rang. <laughs> oh, no. And the phone rang. And, you, and you, the phone rang. And you start to get that sinking feeling. And I looked at Kim, and <laughs> I had that feeling in my yeah. stomach. I'm like, I cannot believe this. So what, what happened there was, uh, you know, that it wasn't that hard to surmise what happened. That they took so much action, they took a shot. Yep. They took a shot that the Patriots had no chance to win this game. They took so much action. They they made the line favorable 
for you to bet one way, and they they took a shot. And, and so, lo- so lots of Patriots fans got on board. Lots well, of Patriots fans got on board. And people that the underdog yep. had a shot, right? Yep, yep. And they took a shot that the Patriots had no chance, and they just take, kept taking, taking, taking Patriot money, Patriot money, yeah. Patriot money, Patriot money, Patriot money. And that was the reason for the... Um, so they didn't. No they, they didn't. That they, so that yeah. So that company or whatever they call it, that outfit couldn't even cover all the. So, the page. but now, yes. you, and you were waiting. You had bet the Patriots. Or? I, I had bet. No, I, I had no. I don't even think I had a bet on the game. Oh, to yeah. be honest with you, because there wasn't enough right. variance. Super Bowls for me were just a um, you know just sideshow. You know, I yeah. wasn't. I didn't have a lot of money on Super Bowls because Super Bowl lines, Super Bowl lines don't move a lot. You know, they move a half a point, they move a point. They, they don't move a lot. So the only thing that made me profitable, that made me successful, was volatility. Mm. Volatility in lines. Volatility. It is like being a stockbroker. It's 100%. It's, it's all that the stockbroker is looking it's, to it's manage the volatility. Low, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Buying low, selling high. That's all mm. I did. Mm. Buy low, sell high. Lay this game at this price. Take it at this price. Is it going to go high or is it going to go lower? This is the game you play with yourself every day. Mm. But... The only good thing about that story mm. is when I talked to one of my friends in Vegas, and you know, I called him that day, and you know, he said, "How much did you have there?" And I, I had a substantial amount of money, probably mm. seventy-five thousand dollars. And um, Yikes. and I said, uh, I said, they're not answering the fucking phone. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And what? And what do you do? But he said, "All right, Stephen, think of it this way." So this place was one of those places where I always wanted to have money in because I would it's almost like I would bet out every day with their lines. So they were so favorable the lines yep. that I would always I would freak out if I got down to like a balance of like ten thousand dollars. And right. I'd say to somebody, Do you have money at sports market? Mm-hmm. And they'd say, Yeah, and they'd say, well, could you you know, give me a transfer, I'll pay I'll give you I'll give you the money here. So they mm-hmm. transfer the money in my account. Mm-hmm. So my friend said to me, the only good thing, the only silver lining here is, think about this. How much money have you made because of sports markets yeah, lines? Yeah, yeah, And I said, he said, do you think you probably covered what you, what you lost? Probably, and I said, right. I probably did. You know, but when you when that happens to you, you just oh. don't think of that. Oh, you it's don't, a crime. It's literally a crime. You don't and, justify and, and, it that way, right? And <laughs> was there? I mean, did that? Did Sports Market have a physical office that you could go in and say what the hell's going no, on? They, no, they they were, just, they were in Carousel. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're, oh, okay. Yeah. Way <laughs> offshore. Way. Okay. Uh, let me take a brief break. Pardon me, Steve. Um, sure. To tell you about the U.S. Postal Service, uh, our sponsor of the Boston Podcast, second largest employer in the United States, offering paid training and ways to move up. Apply today. USPS.com/careers for mail carriers to corporate management. The USPS works together to provide efficient, affordable service to the American public. The workers are the backbone of its service, and the USPS wants to develop and advance careers. So its development programs train and prepare employees for promotions and growth in a variety of business areas. Everything you need to know is at that website, usps.com slash careers. It's the policy of the service to provide equal employment opportunity and prevent employment discrimination. The Postal Service seeks to attract and retain a diverse workforce in which employees respect and value each other's differences and work to promote collaboration, flexibility, and fairness so that all employees are able to participate and contribute to their full potential. It's the safest bet you'll ever make. You see what I did there, Steve? Apply today, usps.com slash careers. The U.S. Postal Service deliver for the nation. Um, so, can I, can I, can go I ahead, just, Steve. Can I just interrupt you? Back, back when I was in high school, you know, it's, it's interesting that you do have this, um, you, you know, you do have this sponsorship. Yeah. Um, my parents, you know, looking at my family tree, my parents were extremely conservative. You right, know? right. And I, I, you the know, irony, they're, huh? they're looking down. At, <laughs> yeah. You know, they're looking down at me, and you know, and going, "We love yeah. you, Stephen, but what the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my mother and father used to say to me all the time. Take the post office. Go to the test. post. Plenty of work down at the post office. Take the post office test because yeah. you know, being those early years of high school and college, and what are you going to do? And you know, and uh, it wasn't uh, for it, you it, though. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, not someone who ended up in it your wasn't, profession. It but, wasn't but that, for me. But that brings That's up an funny. interesting question. It, it, is it is it a passion for betting? And I guess the the 
the devil's advocate question is if you love betting, well, why not just don't necessarily make it your your profession. Just, you know, bet on the weekends and have, you know, a, a nice bet. Maybe you make some money. Maybe you don't. But that wasn't good enough for you, I guess, huh? No, no. It's just, I never, ever thought that I'd ever be like I never visualized myself young, you know, in my, even in my early 20s and in, in, in as a gambler. You know, I just uh-huh. ne- I just never visualized it. Um, but the lucky thing, the lucky thing for me, at, you know, when I did when I did go with this group, this crew, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, and I and I saw what was going on. Something something inside of me, you know, made my blood rush that. Yeah. Oh, my God. You mean I could bet a game. I could bet a game if I work hard, mm-hmm. if I follow, if I have all the discipline, all the, all the structure, all the discipline, uh, all the motivation. I could bet a sporting event and only want to win both bets, bet on both teams and win both bets. Right. That was an incredible rush for me. So that, you're saying the same game? The same game. Yep. The only thing I do to make a living is I bet a sporting event both teams in the same game to win the bet. Now, who the hell could ever do that? <laughs> it's counterintuitive. Who the, who the hell could bet both teams and win both both teams? So, well, when, it's because of us studying right. uh, and and working hard and seeing the movement. You know that it, I, I just can't explain it. it was in, the closest thing I could ever explain that came close to describing how good this felt to me was. Uh, I'll coin a, a phrase from a yep. movie. Uh, Tom, uh, Tom uh, Hanks, Cruise. no Cruise. Yep. Tom Cruise in the Color of Money. Color of Money, sure. In the Color of Money, the the pool the pool shark uh, movie. Yep. And him him narrating in the beginning. Um, you know, I think it was the opening uh, of the movie, mm-hmm. and he said. I'll never forget this. And, I, and when I heard it, I said, "Jesus Christ, that's the closest thing I could ever describe." He said, "One money is twice as sweet as earned money." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I know what so, you mean, but it's also uh, it's kind of like you're a, a puzzle solver because you're you're looking for. It's not just you know. I mean, people assume gamblers like always just play their hunches and. Um, you know, I don't know. I think uh, Brady looked tired in practice this week. I think he's going down. But it's not. It's really not that. It's it's when you see your eyes uh, pop out of your head when you see a little variation in numbers, right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. I'm only. I'm. All, I never. Well, of course, I bet a team. Of course, I bet a team because I bet you know well, I bet yeah, both I mean, teams. Either. But right, right. I'm never saying. I ne- well, I, I you can never say never either, but. For the most part, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, I'm betting a number, not a team. I'm only right. I'm looking for value in the numbers. I'm not looking for who's playing the game. Right. A lot of times, you know, when, when I used to have guys working for me, running around, you know, I used to have runners. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this is part of the story where it comes back to, you know, you, you know, there's always an element of greed. You know, so yep. okay, so I can make it. I made a decision. Okay, I have this much money in my pocket. And uh, Vegas is a big place, and there's casinos and hotels all over the place with different lines. Do I want to get in the car and drive around to all these places, or do I want to sit in an office eventually when uh, automation became, you know, where I could see a a market, right? Mm -hmm. And do I want this runner to have this amount of money and this runner to have, you know, so I had runners. And I I would never, when we bet games, it would be as quick as possible, bet game 32 minus 6, game 44 plus 8, you know. I didn't. For the most part, they didn't even know who the teams were. Right. They're just going to the counter. Maybe looking, better not to know who the teams were. You know, just yeah. going to the counter. They have a schedule in their hand. It's a it's a uniform schedule with all with all teams. About, you know, are correlated by numbers, mm-hmm. and every team has a number. And I'd be saying, you know, game forty two minus six. Don't lay six and a half. Lay six. You mm-hmm. know, every half point. I made a difference. living for all these years. Because of a half a point, right? For the most part, sweet as money. Because of a half. This a is uh, yeah. This is Paul Newman. Is twice as sweet as money here. Well, you get the point. Yeah, 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 <laughs> twice yeah. Twice as sweet as money here. I do. Yeah, I no, I know, I I know what you mean. I remember being once in a in a 
March Madness pool that someone in my office had prepared, and he he wanted to do it a little differently. So what he did was he basically said that that if an if an underdog wins a game, you get as many points as the difference in the seeding. And I, I think he hadn't really thought it through because that because and if the favorite won and you took the favorite, you just got the one point, and then like it multiplied every round, I guess. But so uh, now in the first, so what I did was I said, well, in the first round, the uh, number one at that point, the number one had never lost, you know, in the first round to a sixteen. So I said, well, I just got to take the ones. But I think what I did was. I think every other game I took the underdog um, because in, in my head he had made a miscalculation that even if you you whiffed on you know uh, two out of three picks that third pick if it was you know a thirteen upsetting a four whatever it is you make it all up and then some and so uh, I would have won the pool but at the very end you know it's like my number one seeds crapped out or whatever the heck happened but um, but. That's the kind of little inconsistencies and like flaws that um, have fueled your what you have done, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, we've got well, we've got some time left, but I, I want to make sure we get to what's happening in when it comes to legalized sports betting, particularly in Mass. You know more than most, so tell us what's going on because it's coming, right? Uh, you know, it's coming. It's it. The bills. Uh, I think there's a you know there's a there's a bill that uh, there's six bills. Um, that are on that are on the table, so to speak. Mm. Um, right now in Mass, uh, you know, uh, who knows with legislation and bills and time. But I'm guessing in Mass will probably be um, somewhere in the year to year and a half, twelve to eighteen month range of having legalized um, sports betting in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Now, Governor Baker is also um, he he has he has. Um, um, revised one of the bills or, or made an amendment where the sports betting will not have to be in brick and mortar, you know, br- brick and mortar establishments. In other words, yep. so online betting, DraftKings, FanDuel, you know, they could all get into the game. Right. Um, now, what? Now, currently, if you're if your DraftKings and FanDuel both and others seem to be thriving. Now, DraftKings is a Massachusetts company, but what what's the deal there? Is it have they I seem to remember that they were looking for a way out around the sports gambling rule that they were a contest and not. In other words, why why is that legal now, or is it? Is it? Am I not supposed to go on DraftKings right. right now? Right, and that they can't. Um, I'm not exactly sure okay. of, right. of of you know because I don't do any of the. Uh, Fantasy football. Stuff. I don't do yeah. fantasy okay. football. I've, I've God no bless time. You. I have no time to Enough do fantasy. Do. Yeah. I you know, but the interesting thing about you know, all of this legalized sports betting in, in, in the country is right now there's about eight, eight or nine states that are legalized, that have legalized sports betting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably about seven or eight more that this summer at some point, June, July, August, are, are pretty much going to be up and running. So that's about, say, 17 states. That's, that's about a third of our, our country in less, in about a year mm-hmm. uh, since the Supreme Court made this ruling last June. Um, about 14 months, about th- a third of our states are going to have legalized sports betting. Now, here's, here's a crazy thing to think about as far as the numbers are concerned. In May of this past, this, this past May, the state of New Jersey took in more sports betting wages than the state of Nevada, mm-hmm. over 300, like $317 million of sports wages. The, the revenue was $15.5 million in New Jersey compared to like 11.7 in Nevada. Mm-hmm. So think about those numbers. In one month, New Jersey um, surpassed Nevada in legalized sports betting. And wow, if you multiply crazy. that by 12 months and then multiply that uh, by states, and, you know, we're looking at a Where is multi, it? In multi-billion Jersey is, dollar. Is most of the, the sports books now at the Atlantic City casinos? Is that where all, most of it all happens? The, or? All the sports books in, okay. in, in the casinos. They have them at the racetracks. Yep. And, you know, but, you know, the thing, it really comes down to a numbers game because, you know, it's not that it's incredible that New Jersey surpassed Nevada yeah. in less than a year in, right. in sports betting revenue. Um, but the population of, of New Jersey is about 9 million. Yeah. The population of Nevada is about 2.5 million. Right. So it really comes down to a numbers game. The nation gambles, right? Yeah, yeah. And every state is going to have 
I'm not I'm not saying every state is going to be as equally as as um, you know successful in 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 revenue and 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 sports betting as as New Jersey is, but you know if it comes even close to that, if you multiply it by the by the states and the and the months, we you know we're look the the billions of dollars in legalized sports betting that's going to become be coming down the pike is is mind boggling. Now it, it's it, almost it's just like a like. You know, a revolutionary change in the business. Yeah, it's not going back. It's headed in one direction. And here's one other one other crazy thought that I thought about too. And and, and this is interesting. When you watch a lot of these sports shows, ESPN, you will see a lot of uh, uh, many um, ex athletes who become mm-hmm. experts, so to speak, in 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 in, in uh, analyzing sports. Yep. What's going to happen when? Legalized sports, uh, legalized sports betting becomes popular, um, you know, nationwide. Where are the analysts going to come from? Like, yeah, yeah. What, what is is Stephen A. Smith all of a sudden be going to become an, a gambling expert? Is I'd rather you know, have Stephen Skelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, no, you, know, you, you mean when it's when it's completely out in the open? When or, it's already, completely yeah. out in the open. You know. Who's going to talk about it? Yeah. You know, because we're basically talking about a business that's been in the shadows of darkness for a number of years. Right. That's now going to be coming out of the sunlight and creating this multi-billion dollar legalized business. So what you're saying is like we got um, our own Teddy Bruschi is on ESPN. He talks sports. But but he you're saying he doesn't know anything about, as far as we know, doesn't know anything about gambling and how the, the line moves and things like that. What the hell does he know? Yeah, n- nothing. Well, what do, he, what do any well, like, really, what an what, offense, maybe. Well, what do any of them know about, you know... I'm not saying they have to be experts, but even to be like uh, almost like a novice, you know, yep. there's not there's not much talent in the boot in the boots, so to speak. They have gotten a li- I mean, uh, who's the guy? The bald guy. His name it just went out of my head, but he does a bit on ESPN. Are called- you talking about it? Uh- SVP Scott yeah, Van Pelt? Yeah, Scott Van Pelt, right. He, okay. does, he does a bit called Bad Beats. Yeah. Now, uh, right? I, it's so funny you mentioned that because, Go ahead, yeah. uh, you know, Bad Beats, uh, you know, Bad Beats, and it's it's kind of cute. You know, he does Bad Beats. He does the numbers. And by the way, Bad and, Beats, for those that don't know, you correct me if I'm wrong, it's, it's when something happens last minute in a game that might not affect the outcome of the game, but affects the line and hence you got a bad beat you got right. beat because of some right. meaningless you know garbage time touchdown right. he, or something. yeah he, he'll put five or six games on his segment and it's exactly what you're saying he'll show you what the number was the line was right and he'll show you what he'll show you instances in the game in the last two minutes three minutes of how you should have easily won your bet. You, yeah. Right? You're already counting your money. <laughs> You're counting yep. your money. Yep. Right? And then he'll show you the game with 30 seconds and 10 seconds. And then, boom. Like, what? And you're sitting there as a better, and you're saying, um, how did that happen? Right. And the cute thing about that show, I think, is, you know, when they introduce it, you know, it's called Bad Beats, which, you know, B-E-A-T-S. That means getting beat in the you game. Beat, yeah. But they show, like, a, uh, you know, a deli section and, the guys behind the counter, and they're showing all these beats, B E E T S, and they yeah. look they look rotten and nasty, and it's kind of a cute segment. But yeah. you know, Scott Van Pelt, the ball, you know, he's the ball guy. Yeah. I, I always think, you know, when he has that on, he'll have a game on. And here's the interesting thing: um, sometimes the bad beat that he's saying, where someone got beat by half a point, right, turns out for me. To be a win, to be a bonanza, be- because because that game landing on that number. Say, let me give you an example. Sure. Last year was a game he, he had it on, and somebody had over fifty six and a half, uh, under fifty six and a half, maybe under fifty. I'm thinking. I'm trying to think of the game. I can't think of the exact teams, but say over someone had an over under bet in a college football game yep. under fifty six. Okay. Right. So. He's showing like with three minutes left out of games on forty, you know, like, right? And you know he's showing, Gonna make you know, easy. the last three minutes of the game. Now, that game might have landed on fifty-seven, and the guy who had the bet under fifty-six is pulling his hair out. Right. However, someone mm-hmm. like myself, I was tracking that game from when the line came out, right? Mm-hmm. And I might have taken a bet under sixty mm-hmm. when the line first opened. And I knew there was going to be bad weather or something like that. Yep. And then the game went down to 56. It went down to 55. But 
I'm also looking on the other side to find value on the other side. So mm. if I, in other words, close to game time, if that game's down to, say, 56, I'm looking for 55, right? Okay, yep. So here's the scenario. I've gone under 60 for whatever amount of money. I've gone under mm. 60 points in the game. That's the combined points in the, in the contest. Right? Yep, yep. I've gone under 60. And then at the end, I've gone over 55, mm-hmm. right? So this guy who lost the bet at 50, under 56 because it landed on 57, right. he's miserable. He's pulling his hair out. Right. Right? That's a bad beat. That's why it made the right. show. How did it happen to me? Myself, yep. I... It's a jackpot. Because you because had... I, because... You, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you had the no, bet you at tell six. Me. Well, you tell me. Well, I remember the beginning you're the of the one story. I'm, you're the one I'm educating, <laughs> okay. so I want you to tell me. You had the original bet at 60. Um, right. Under 60. So you still made that. You still made that. Um, so many others didn't make it because they didn't get that good line. I'm trying to figure out how that benefits you. That part I don't get, I guess. Okay, so I got under 60. That's right. one of my bets. Now, right. remember, like I said earlier... One of the things that fueled me to um, you know do this business is because I'm betting I'm betting both teams in a contest and I'm trying to win both bets. Right. You know. So so if I went under sixty and the game landed on fifty seven, I'm a winner, right? If mm-hmm. I have under sixty points. Now on the other side of that, for the same amount of money, let's say I bet let's just say I bet a thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. So I went under sixty for a thousand dollars. Now. Any that's an opening bet for me. Right. Well, any opening bet I have, I always have a closing bet. Right. I don't just bet a game; I bet both sides. Of and the they game. work together. Right. They work together. Yeah. So that's an opening bet. What am I going to do to close that bet? Well, I'm going to hope the line goes down, which it did. Right. It went mm-hmm. down to mm-hmm. 56. And you bet it the other way. And then I bet over. Well, uh-huh. I found the 55. So I'm, like I said, the, uh, so you won I'm, both. I'm greedy. <laughs> this is this business is about being greedy. It's about a half a point. It's about always finding the half a point better. So I went over 55. I get it because this way, the worst thing that's the, the, you can't lose both bets? Yes, you can. So Could you have lost both bets there? Yes. No, I can never lose both bets. Right. That's I can what never I'm sa- lose both bets. That's now, what I'm saying. But, you can, you, but there's a fair chance you're going to break even. There's a good chance you're going to break even. I'm not going to break even. I'm going to lose, temp- I'm you lose, lose the 10% of one right. bet. Okay. So let's do the math here. So if I went under 60 and I went over 55, and the game fell 57. How much did I make if I bet 1000 each way? I mean, 2000 2000 You double, right. double the $2,000. Right. Right. So what if the game landed on 35 Well, then you, you, your, second, your closing bet you win, but your opening bet you won't. Well, no, hold on. Your closing bet you lose. Right. Your opening bet you still win because right. it's so way I, under 60. So yep. I win the under 60, yep. right? But I lose the over 55. So I won right. 1000 but I lost 1100 So how much did I lose? 100 bucks. 100 bucks. Yeah. So what is my risk-reward ratio? Right, right, right. My risk-reward ratio is what? 20 to 1. And so that's where the work comes in. You keep watching. The bigger, yes. the bigger you can get that spread, that, right. that, and that's the wrong right. word, but that difference between the 60 and the 55, right. and what are you you're rooting for the, the fall in right. between. But if it doesn't, it's not, it, it, you're not pulling your hair out like that guy. Right. protected. Right. So, Scott, yeah. so Scott Van Pelt's bad beat turned out to be my... My job. That's excellent. I right? Right? So. <laughs> I love it. Um, so that's that, – so, so the funny thing is, um, you know, from time to time on t- – uh, this just changes the subject. That's going fine. Go back, ahead. It's a going podcast. Back to a, uh, going back to a television show. Yep. I, do you watch um, Billions? Do I've seen a few episodes. You see a few yeah, episodes yeah, with yeah. Damien uh, – what's his name? Damien uh, Lewis. Lewis? Yeah. Damien Lewis, yeah. Yeah, he, Axe. Axe. Axe, yeah. The the, the zillionaire. Yeah, yeah, zillionaire. So he's sitting at a track, and he's talking to some guy. It was the end of a a segment. It's at night, and he's at a track. I think it's in, you know, New Jersey or something. And he's looking at the board, you know, and it's dark. Lights are out. And he's talking to this guy, and he's talking about being, when he was young, when he was a kid, you know, learning the ropes about gambling and watching... The board. Watching the board. The yeah. board, meaning yeah. the track board. You know? Oh, so, at the track, yeah. Yeah, at the track. So it was so interesting to me because his, you know, his line was basically, he says, you know, all these people, all these, uh, all these people are up at the window and they're betting this horse and that horse. And because they, you know, for whatever reason, they handicapped the race. And he goes, he goes, that's not where the answer is. Right. He goes, the answer's on that board up there. Mm-hmm. He says, what I used to do, he says, I used to come here and, and I'd sit here. And the last three or four minutes before a race, 
He said, I'd watch the board. Mm. And he said, what am I watching? I'm watching the money. Mm. I'm watching where the money's going. Mm. And that's how I'd make my bets. I'd make my bets based on where the sharp money was going towards the end of a race. The right? theory being that... The theory being that he's watching numbers, he's watching value, he's trying to see the value on the board, right, on the, on, yep. on the no, money change. But right? is the theory that the, the smart gamblers are waiting until the last minute and, and when you see the money go there, that's probably well, the way to go because they know what they're doing or e not? E exactly. Yep. I mean, but in my business... You know, he, he he made a reference to watching the board for five minutes before a race. Well, I've been basically watching that kind of board in the sports market yep. for 30 years, 12 hours a day. Right. You know? <laughs> you know? Right. So I'm just watching money. It all, all, it all comes back to, back to the uh, the pit scene in uh, the Eddie Murphy movie, Trading Places. You know, they they, they waited until that frozen concentrated orange juice price went all the way down. Yes. And then they started buying Feeding Frenzy and they make a million, end up it, on an island somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Tell us, um, before we go, and we are up against the clock, but do you have a favorite... Um, but yeah, yeah, I know we've gone. Well, we've had some fun. Are you having fun? <laughs> I'm having it's, a blast. That's what po podcasting <laughs> is supposed to be fun. We're telling we're telling stories. It's excellent. Um, but do you have give us one story if you can think of one that that your favorite sort of bad beat story or the reverse a a sort of last minute you know victory for you or something like that. Oh you my God, bad beats. Yeah, my bad beats. Sure, yeah, my bad beats. You know Scott Van Pelt, his bad yeah, beats. Right. Okay. You know, you know he's bald. He's right. shaved that. <laughs> My bad beats would make Scott Van Pelt grow hair, okay? <laughs> <laughs> He'd grow hair from my bad so beats, you okay? So you have, had, you have had those moments where someone just I ripped your a, heart out. I right? had a game where John Stockton... Yeah. You know, remember John Stockton? Sure, on, ja uh, you taught jazz, yeah. Now, now, you want to do another podcast after this, but my bad beats will last <laughs> till midnight. And it and it's only twelve noon. I want okay? you to finish the story. You you know you know people in Vegas. I want to make sure uh, you go out of here with a smile on your face. No, go ahead. Stockton, I had a right? game yeah. where I had a game where John Stockton actually got called out of the locker room after a final score was posted for a foul that he had to take no. two foul shots. Now no. I was on oh the number. Yeah. I was on the middle. Right. right? So. The whole bottom line here is uh, what I do. It's called the middle, right? right. I'm trying. I'm trying to hit the middle of my variances, right? Right. So I was, I was, um, I was, uh, you know, final score. When you see final score in an NBA game, done. You are done, right? You yeah. won. You. That's the final score. Yeah. So I don't know what it was, uh, uh, you know. And I, I have another one in my mind right after this. This is another great one. Good. But anyway, John Stockton came out of the locker room. Five minutes after the game, took two foul shots. I needed him to miss one, and of course he made both. Right? So it took me off my. <laughs> oh, God. here's another one. Here's another one. This now is let me add, before you go on to the second one. Will you? Does that sort of thing make you suspicious? That that because the with with we're approaching what the line is. No, nah. you don't. You don't think that way. No, nah, that maybe nah, nah, nah. you know somebody with so a gun was like, "Hey, ref, put Stockton back on the oh, line." Oh my no? God! So so many games, so many bad beats. Like I said, yep. thousands. Hundreds of bad beats. Hundreds, but okay. here's here's one more funny one. So, yeah. um, Denny Green was the coach of the Minnesota Vikings, right? Yeah. So I, the Vikings score at the end of the game. They were who we thought they were. Yeah. yeah. Don't you love yeah. that line? Yeah, yeah. Don't you love that line? Yeah. So they score at the end of the game. Now I'm sitting at my desk. It's in my office in Vegas at this time. It was a you know several years after I started. So then I went to an office and I so I had I had. You know, computers, uh, you know, left, right, phones, all that business. But yeah. I was always busy, always. When I when I was working, I wasn't watching games. I was watching numbers, you know, right. and I was working the next game. But this game in particular, they scored a touchdown. The extra point, whether he made the extra point to kick mm -hmm. or he, whether he made it or missed it, I was in the middle. I D made the money. Didn't you know, know. say yep. 5000 aside, $10,000 game, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So I made the money. So all I know is the, I didn't see what happened in the game. All mm -hmm. I know is I saw a score, whether I looked at my screen, and I needed it to be on three or four, and I saw 20 to 15. Mm. 20 to 15. So if he made the kick, it was four. If he missed the kick, it was three. Mm -hmm. What the hell happened? 
So it was a fumbled fucking snap. <laughs> right. And and the holder is like running for his life and his defensive guys like chasing him out of bounds. And he flips it over the back of his head, you know, to a receiver in the end. So it was a two-point two conversion. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't even see it. You um, know, I only saw it. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. That, no, that, but, that reminds me of one. Um which I didn't have money on this, thankfully, but I was at the game in Foxborough. You might even remember this game. It was in the old stadium, Drew Bledsoe, Bill Parcells era, and Pats are playing Doug Flutie and the Buffalo Bills. And people may forget, Flutie had a really great season with the with the Bills, um, tragically replaced by Rob Johnson in Week 17 for some reason. But anyway, um, Patriots mounted this comeback, and Bledsoe's leading them down. And there were a couple really bad calls that favored the Patriots, including on what should have been the final play of the game. Bledsoe chucks it in the end zone to Terry Glenn. Terry Glenn, get, the ball hits him right in the stomach, and he drops it, but there's a flag on the play. Pass interference. And so the Patriots get one, the zero on the clock. The Patriots get one untimed down from the one-yard line. Bledsoe floats the ball to Ben Coates. Touchdown. The place goes crazy. So that touchdown puts, say, I, I don't know, remember the, all the specifics, but let's say it puts the Patriots up by one without the extra point now there's chaos on the field because the bills are so furious that these calls have gone against them they leave the field the game's over for all intents and purposes patriots are, have leading by one no extra point needed but back then the rules i don't know if it's changed but the rules was i think it still might be this way you have to kick the extra point even though it doesn't matter even though right and so the the but the bills were furious they wouldn't come out of the locker room to put anyone on the line so the patriots uh, people like what's going on the patriots line up with no opposition and vinatieri is there ready to kick the extra point now uh, let's say the line was two and a half so even if he kicks the point the patriots don't cover there uh i think i've got that right anyway you'll you'll get it when i you'll, yeah. you can correct me when i finish so but instead of kicking it the snapper takes the ball and flips it under him backwards to vinatieri who runs it into the end zone <laughs> with the ball above his head everyone's cheering like crazy just because it's a totally so, meaningless so two that, points in the game that was a design play <laughs> well, I mean, there's no, I mean, what are you going to do? There's no defense on the field. You can do whatever you want. He could have oh kicked it. God. They could have taken a knee. Right. But that moved the line. Those that two points moved, moved the, I exactly. mean, moved the line. It, it was a bad beat or whatever it you want to call it. Beat. Yeah. It affected the, uh, yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah. And I'm yeah. sure you get a zillion of those. Too. Oh, a zillion. zillion. <laughs> we could do, we could do several shows on that. So, um, yeah, I'm afraid we do have to hop. I'm going to have to have you back, Steve, if you want to come back sometime. Can oh, we interest God. you in that? I'd love to. Yes. I, I yes. think we had a blast. All your stories. I keep hearing this in my head. It just keeps, it keeps going. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Steve Skelly, the podcast is called Tell Me I'm Wrong. And I think on the pod, you throw out uh, an email address for people to get in touch with you. Do you, want, do, do you still do that? or uh, Do you want to yep. give out an email address? Yep. Tell me what? I'm wrong show.com. Very good. Tell me, Tell me I'm, I'm wrong, wrong show.com. Uh, excellent. And it's a great pod. You should listen to it. Great stories from Steve. Thank you for uh, being here. And um, I. I um I'm gonna again. go I'm let's do it again. I'm gonna go out and place a couple bets right now, maybe. <laughs> legal bets, Charlie Baker. Don't worry, legal bets. Um so this has been the Boston Podcast, and thank you for listening. Please share it, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, and check out our website, pod617.com. If you want your own podcast, you could be here in our Westwood studios. Find out how to get started by going to our website on behalf of Stephen Skelly. On behalf of Gambling Nation, I'm Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy your day, everybody. You must be the other guy. <laughs>